0: The great thing about those really old established friendships is that it's almost like guys, you know how guys don't see one another for like six months or three years and they just pick up where they left off and I think that's the beauty of having those older friends too. Welcome to the Business Between Bells podcast, a space for those trying to build sustainable businesses between school drop-off and pick-up. This podcast is here to support you while juggling parenthood, business and school life. Now introducing your host, Katie Maynes.
1: Welcome to today's episode of Business Between Bells with Michelle Broadbent. I hope this finds you okay and surviving this uncertain time. We are now exactly three weeks into ISO life. School here in Victoria was planned to go back tomorrow after the school holidays, but now we prepare for a new chapter, which is called homeschooling while running a business during a global pandemic. We'll see how that turns out. And here I was a a few short months ago complaining about the school holiday business juggle. You can only laugh about it now, right? Now, if you can hear a slightly irritating sound in the background, it kind of sounds a bit like a whippersnapper or a chainsaw. Um, that would be my adult neighbours across the road who have been doing a remote control car race for about the last eight hours, I'd say, probably for the last 10 days. It's really become background noise for us now, but it is very annoying when recording a podcast intro. So that's what that is. And I guess I just have to get used to it now. So today's episode is with the beautiful and wise Michelle Broadbent. We recorded this well before ISO life began and I have to apologize for being so behind with my episodes this year. I'm going to be changing things up a little, which I'll share with you soon, just to make this more manageable while juggling business and now homeschooling. Michelle supports female entrepreneurs as they navigate their way through to the next stage of business growth. She's a trusted, confident and sounding board and she's tuned into what her clients need and prides herself on providing balanced advice with a big dose of TLC. During this chat, Michelle and I must have been able to see into the future. There was so much we discussed that you'll be able to, I guess it will be able to help you navigate this period that we're currently in. In this episode, Michelle discusses how to get really organised in your business and become a master of your own time. How a career coach helped her change careers how she's created a business that supports her lifestyle as a mum of two daughters, some amazing productivity and time hacks, the importance of creating systems within your business, and great tips on how to manage your wardrobe, which is something we can all do at the moment, and this will really help with your budget. And finally, Majit Shell discusses the importance of nurturing and maintaining female friendships. This is something that we haven't covered on the show before, and it's so timely, as I don't know about you, but I've found I've been leaning on my female friendships more than ever before the last few weeks. So I really enjoyed this chat with Michelle and got so much out of it. I know you will too. Thanks so much, and let's get on with the show. So hi, Michelle. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I am excited about this chat, and I wanted to start It's a bit of a predictable question because <laughs> as I ask all my guests, but what was yep. your morning like today, and what does a typical morning look like in your house?
0: Okay, this morning was probably a little bit less than typical it's It's a Friday morning here, and it has been bucketing down with rain for the first time in weeks and weeks and weeks and for some reason that has caused like the whole world to grind to a standstill so um, both of my daughters had their swimming carnival this morning so that's you know it was getting ready for that which I mean thankfully my daughters are 10 and 13 so they're pretty self-sufficient but it was you know just they had to be at school earlier than planned then my eldest daughter she was halfway to school and I got the email and the text message from school saying that her swimming carnival had been cancelled and that there was going to be minimal supervision at school so I'm like trying to get her to come home don't get on the bus don't get on the bus come home so I was contending with that while my youngest was trying to find every blue item of clothing in her wardrobe because blue is her house colors so she wanted to be top to toe blue for the morning and I had a client meeting that I needed to get to so I'm trying to get myself ready so it was a little bit chaotic (laughs) Um, you know the dog didn't get walked because it was raining so he's like jumping around like a lunatic and then I dropped kids I dropped my youngest at school Set off to go to my client meeting and the whole of Sydney had ground to a halt. There was like gridlock traffic. So I wasn't, I was sat in my car for half an hour and I hadn't even left my suburbs. So yeah, that was the start of my day. So it was that's probably not typical, but yeah, it was a little bit demented, but it has gotten better from there. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm glad to hear and I'm also glad for your sake that it's Friday because yes. Yes, yes. At least you know that you've got the weekend now or hopefully. I
0: know. And this is the end of like, you know, the first sort of I I guess you call proper week mm. back after school. That sort of Monday to Friday grind has definitely returned. So Yes, yeah. I am glad it's Friday too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I must say, it's not um, raining in Melbourne here today, but the traffic was shocking as well here this morning. So I don't know. I think it is now everyone is back into it. You, you know, we yep. had those beautiful weeks where there was less traffic on the road. There
0: was no cars on the road. Yes, everyone was calmer. And now everyone's just in a mad rush to get <laughs> everywhere. <so. laughs> I don't know. Anyone who's
1: on holiday, it's just like, forget it. That real- yep. realization is completely gone. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I would love to talk to you, Michelle, a bit about your business and how it came to be. And yeah, what what sort of a typical day looks like for you?
0: So I work for myself and I am a business manager. So I look after the sort of operational side of businesses for entrepreneurs. So I sort of specialize in female solopreneurs and I take care of the, yeah, I guess their business and their life so that they can be front and center and do what's in their sort of zone of genius. And I started that business about three and a half years ago now. Um, that was coming out off the back of 10 years in working in television Uh, I worked I sold television programs to broadcasters and yeah I was working in that industry for many years absolutely loved it when I first started working in it you know all the perks that went with it the international travel and you know watching television for a living pretty much which was pretty good but I fell out of love with that yeah, about four years ago, didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. So I took a career break and that coincided with when my youngest started school. So uh, I, yeah, I knew that I didn't want to work in telly anymore, but I actually, I didn't know what else I wanted to do. So I actually worked with a career coach to help kind of unlock what my skills were that were commercially valued and we worked together to kind of formulate uh, what my next move was going to be. So I sort of knew in the pit of my tummy, like when I left my job that I probably wanted to work for myself, but I didn't know what that would look like. So working with my coach, we kind of, yeah, concocted this business that is now mine and has been for the last three and a half years.
1: I love that. I love that you went to a career coach because I feel as if a lot of people do reach, gosh, I mean, I I don't know anyone these days who seems to be content their whole way through in a particular career, but often, and I know I was the same, I kind of had this crisis of what am I going to do next Do I really want to do this. But I didn't think to see a career coach. And looking back, that would have been the most logical and clever and sensible thing to do. But I kind of tried to do it myself and, and mm-hmm. sort of work it out. And and actually, I probably hit that stage even before I started my business. And that was just me changing job after job, just thinking, yeah. oh, no, it's not, it's not the career I'm in. It's the organization I'm working for so Mm -hmm. I love hearing that how did that come about did someone recommend that to you yes yeah
0: so what happened was so I guess stepping back like I was a bit like you in that uh, I was kind of flailing around as I said I, I coincided with my youngest daughter starting school so I kind of busied myself with all that that was and then Took every volunteer job at the school. You know, I was organising the school banking, the the band camp, all this kind of stuff. And then I was like, actually, I I, I need to work. And um, but I just didn't know what to do. And I was uh, I was on a walk with one of my best girlfriends. We were walking not far from my place here in Sydney. And she was like, "Shell, what? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, really? What are you doing? How much longer are you going to be a lady of leisure?" I was like, "I just don't know." what to do. Like I I really, I thought that I would feel closer to coming to an idea of what I would do, but I'm not. And then she said to me, look, you know, I know this girl, I think she could help you. So she put us in touch and that was basically how it happened. So, and I can honestly say that with without her help, I probably would have defaulted back into something that I knew that I could do. Like I I would have gone for the safe option. I probably would have either landed back in television or the entertainment industry somewhere because that was what I knew or the other avenue that I would have gone down was probably like an in-house, um, admin kind of role, um, within another company. And I knew that that wouldn't fulfill me, but I was kind of thinking, well, God, what else can I do? So, um, thankfully the work that I did with Kelly led me to where I am today.
1: Mm, that's fantastic because yeah i think that that is probably what does happen to a lot of people that you sort of mm. would just tend to go back to that safe spot yeah and often definitely. it is that leap that you need to take mm-hmm. you thought mm. about going into business before that
0: look it was no i i there was a fear because i mean look you as everyone that's listening to this knows that you know once you've got kids at school trying to juggle work fulfilling work within that time period can sometimes be difficult it's 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 very you know those jobs that that you can do in school hours sometimes if you've had like an amazing corporate career or or whatever you know i mean you pr media those kinds of those kinds of industries just do not lend themselves to school hours. And uh, I knew that I wanted to be there for my kids, but I also wanted to be doing something that really lit me up. Um, so, yeah, so I knew that I, I needed to to get out of, of telly. So I just sort of thought, well, working for myself would be, like a great thing to do because I'd have that flexibility and I'd be able to be there for the kids and all of that sort of thing. But I was like, I, I don't know what that would look like. And I do come from, I guess, like a very entrepreneurial sort of background. Like my dad ran his own business. I've always worked in small businesses. I have been like employee number two for a couple of like the last two companies that I work for worked for were startups they were both executives that had come from bigger organizations and decided to start up on their own and I was like the first person that they hired and then we grew the business together and you know but to start off with I was wearing all of the hat but you just kind of forget that that could actually translate into working for yourself as opposed to being like a permanent employee somewhere else
1: yes Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm. But that would have given you such a great training ground for what you went into with your business.
0: It did. Yes. But I did
1: think, I'm glad you brought up in regards to working in sort of that entertainment space because my very first Mm. job was for a film distribution company. So I kind of feel like I sort of know what TV could be like in that sense. Well, it's
0: the same as, it's exactly the same, like, you know, in terms of the, you know, international, you know, working in international time zones, the international travel, you know, everyone wanting everything urgently and it's like, oh, my God. So, yes, it it would be very, very similar.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I did that at the very start of my career and so it was pre- having my daughter
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I when you were saying that I did want to ask you how you found that because you would have had your two daughters is that right at that stage so that would have been quite full on I imagine
0: yeah look it was but I again like you I started off in that industry I, I wasn't married I didn't have children I don't even think I had a mortgage when I started or maybe just had got like my first home so like absolutely no responsibility no one depending on me so yes I could go to all of the the things that were like the functions and all of that that were required as part of the job I could do all of the international travel without a, a care in the world and like I don't take any of that for granted like I really Loved doing all of that at the time, and I really, you know, appreciated how kind of amazing it all was. But when it when I did start to question, you know, and sort of fall out of love with that industry was when I got to that feeling. I, I didn't want to be away from the kids. I didn't want to be traveling. It was harder logistically to to go on those work trips, and they were a they were a necessity of the job and it's, yeah, it's not a family friendly industry, despite the fact that most of the, particularly in distribution, um, is that most of the people that work in it are women. But yeah, it's it's not family friendly at all. And I I worked with people where I saw that their family lives were very compromised. And I just thought, I don't want that for me. Like my kids are still young enough that I can get out of this but you know at the time I thought well I need to find something else that is going to fulfill me like this did because I've still got to work for another god I don't know 25 30 years whatever it is I mean we we you know maybe longer the rate yeah. we're going but yeah. yeah so so that was really that was that was yeah so the honest truth was that it wasn't working at the end and that's mm. why I had to get out
1: yeah and I can relate to that completely coming from PR mm and do you find yeah. now having set your own business up that
0: you are able to
1: yeah have that lifestyle that you were craving i guess
0: absolutely so i think it's yeah look the positives far outweigh the negatives i guess the 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 one thing that is the downfall is that obviously i'm not on a on a salary so you know if i'm not if i'm not working then i'm not earning so if i'm restricting my work hours then obviously the impact is felt financially but the great thing is is that I am I'm the boss of my time really so I can if I if there's something that's really important for, for my kids then I can be there yeah it just gives me that flexibility that I never ever would have had if I'd have stayed working for for, for well it's particularly in my old industry, but I feel like I see that a lot with friends that are employed in, you know, corporate roles yeah. and stuff like that. It's that continual compromise where, and look, I'm not there for absolutely everything. I'm not there at every pickup and every drop-off and every single, but I'm there for what I feel is important. And it's like a no-brainer. I don't have to negotiate with mm-hmm. anyone but then the issue is is that if i'm not doing the work there's it's not like i've got a work colleague that i can say oh hey you know i'm i'm going to be out this afternoon but this might be happening so can you take care of it for me but um like i said the the benefits far outweigh the negatives I think in that respect.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and I think we have to mm. remind ourselves of that as well. Cause sometimes it can be like you think, oh gosh, there's just too many things going on. And yeah. you have to remind yourself it was your decision.
0: And it was. Yeah. yeah. Well uh, our, not, this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but our decision as, yeah. as women sometimes it's not, but yeah. to do this and that there are those amazing benefits to it. Now, Michelle, I wanted to talk to you about what you do as a business consultant. I love, I think I need you in my life to be honest <laughs> at the moment. But I know that you're an incredible support to your clients. And I just wanted you to talk through um how that works, I guess, and also how sort of as as a consultant, you kind of have to be in your clients' heads, like mm-hmm. I imagine. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough, I think, to be have your own business and be a mum and be in your own head. <laughs> so yes. How do you do that for all your clients as well?
0: Yeah, so one of my clients summed it up beautifully, she said to me, she goes, I love working with you because I feel like there's someone else's brain in my business. And that is pretty much how I operate. So when I start working with my clients, I do a massive deep dive into their business and really get a, a, an understanding of how it functions, what's working, what's not from it, from a operational point of view and you know where the pain points are where things can you know kind of, I mean I, I, I guess I'm the person that's that cuts through all the the wood to see you know the, the trees in in the forest kind of thing and I'm the like the voice of reason so it's often pe- when clients come to me they are in an extreme state of overwhelm uh, they tend to be at that Kind of between 18 months and three years into business and they, being solopreneurs, they tend to have been doing absolutely everything themselves and their lives are compromised in some way. Usually they come to me because they're, you know, that things are falling apart, they can't sustain the way that they're living, they're working crazy hours, they're missing opportunities. You know, there might be new business opportunities coming through that they just physically cannot service because they're only one person and one thing that like you know we all I think understand is that you don't know what you don't know so if you're only if you're used to working a particular way you often can't see a way out of working that way so I, I I'm like that person that comes in and goes oh if we thought about doing this or what about if we do you know I'm I'm, I'm I'm a fixer that is what I do so I'm like very very solution focused and I my mantra is like there is always a solution to a problem they might not be able to see it but and and but my I guess my superpower is that I can see that and I can also Harness their energy as well, like their entrepreneurial spirit. So, by their very nature, all of my clients love bright, shiny objects. So they're, you know, that's that's what is so beautiful about working with entrepreneurs is that they're full of ideas. Um, but often, it's it's the execution that they they've got. Absolutely, they're just like, oh, I want to make this happen. How do we make it happen? So, I help them with that as well. But I have at the moment, I'm um, got about a dozen active clients so oh, wow. my brain is in 12 businesses plus my business plus you know my home with my kids and that kind of thing so yeah it's it's full but I love it like I absolutely love it Katie like I you know it it, it lights me up um this week in particular has been you know, I, I'm calling it the February freak out because I feel like every single, not just my clients, but like business buddies, everyone is just completely spinning out at the moment because all these ideas that they had, you know, at the end of last year that they're putting into place now that they have to make it a reality and there's, you know, they've had a quiet month in January because, you know, it's been school holidays or, you know, no one's kind of been working at full capacity because all the bills are coming in this week and they're going, ah, I can't pay for anything. I can't, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that. And, and, and yeah, so I've spent many hours this week being, you know, I, I don't just provide... <laughs> operational support i also provide emotional support um you know one of my clients said to me you're like my security blanket and i was like well yeah i am but you know and so i've kind of just helped them see all is not lost Mm. let's figure a way out of this so yeah that's very much what i do Mm. for my clients and yeah um does does that answer the question absolutely and
1: look it's so needed because yeah, I think that as you said, you know, being solutions focused and being able to, I think this is the thing and this is what seems to be the theme when I speak to guests on the podcast and my friends in business and mm. and I know myself, you're just often so overwhelmed and in that state, it is very hard to make decisions and it is hard to come up with solutions and often you do think, oh, there's just no way out of this particular Challenges mm-hmm. I'm dealing with, and then it doesn't actually often take much to realise, just to step away yeah. or to speak to someone else, and realise that actually there is another way to look at this. So I can see that that is really invaluable. Completely.
0: Um, I, I, and I was going to say too, like that this is another downside of working for yourself, because if you're working in an office with colleagues all around you, workmates you know like that's there's that whole thing of like a problem shared is a problem halved kind of thing like you'd have someone to bounce those ideas off but often when you're working on your own you don't have someone like that or that person is you know one of your girlfriends or your partner or whatever and and they sometimes they just don't Get what you do, or they don't understand, or they're just like, oh, you'll be fine. It'll be okay. And it's like, I don't feel like I'm going to be fine. And, and you just need someone to show you the way out the, you Mm -hmm. know, the light at the end of the tunnel. And that's something that, you know, that's a big part of what I do with my clients.
1: Mm. I can see that for sure and just that mindset side then as well that yeah as you said yeah you do you're going to provide emotional support because (laughs) you have to 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 kind of get to that solution Mm. side I can see that I'm also glad you said that everyone's feeling it this February they
0: really are (laughs) yeah because
1: I have certainly sensed that but something that I thought with you is that that, how do you then ensure that that doesn't affect you and affect your business when sort of everyone is in that sort of feeling? I guess they would have felt like that before Christmas, too. So it's those periods where everyone's kind of feeling the same way. How can you sort of step out of that?
0: Look, I think having my own, like you know, in inverted commas, house in order. So, fortunately, I it's almost like I I couldn't say I saw this coming, but it's like I almost feel things like a couple of weeks before everyone else starts to. So like I'd done all my planning and and that sort of thing for myself. So I was completely set up and ready to roll for the year. And then we sort of got underway and then everyone's wheels started to come off this week. So I guess because I'm stable, I'm in a stable state, then I am able to provide that support to my clients. I think it's when, and there have been periods in my life, um, when things have not been stable or, you know, when things have been coming apart for me personally and that like directly impacts my ability to do my job. So yeah, I just have to be really mindful of keeping my own, yeah, shit together really. And, be able to be that stabilising force for my clients. Yeah, mm. I
1: can see that for sure. And that is a really yeah. good skill to have as well, <laughs> that you're <laughs> able to do that because, yeah, mm. it is. It's super important, I can see, in your role. Do you yep. find sort of working, because you've? I was just thinking you've just got such a great insight into how women in business work.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Um,
1: do you find that there's a commonality or something that a lot of women in business have? And you said you often the people come to you when they're kind of in a space where there's a lot going on. Yeah, is there sort of some sort of big challenge that is facing a lot of these women in business, particularly mums in business?
0: Yeah, look, I think there are a few things that I see that are common. Uh, the big one is trying to take on everything yourself. By the nature of being a woman, I think we all just think that we should be the ones to do everything, and that's usually where what leads to burnout. So we're very, very bad at asking for help, which is why often once i you know am contacted by someone they are in the bottom of the pit they're burnt out you know life's gone to hell kind of thing whereas if they had yeah, if they'd have thought, of you know, if not thought about it, because sometimes you don't realize what's going on. But if if they'd have connected with me a little bit earlier on, things may not have gotten so bad. So yeah, I think we're we're notoriously bad at asking for help. And then there's the other one that I see all the time, which is the imposter syndrome. It's like, you know. At, at, they don't realize how bloody amazing they are. And so again, it comes back to that emotional support being that cheerleader for them is to actually really make them get some perspective about how incredibly talented they are because again, working on your own, no one's telling you, no one's telling you how great you are. And I see that a lot. I see Mm. people really undervaluing themselves and not charging enough, not, promoting themselves enough, all those things, I, that, is, that can be quite common as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. Isn't that funny? Imposter syndrome, I just have been hearing all the time lately and obviously mm-hmm. sort of working in PR. I have a lot of people say that even in regards to sort of visibility and putting themselves out there. And I'm the same as you. I'm often looking at my clients going, How can you not see how amazing yeah. you are? Or mm-hmm. these great stories you have to tell in, yeah. in their case. Or it just, yeah, it's it's very interesting. In terms of what you were saying, the like people taking too much on and Obviously, organisation and having some good processes in place is a great way to work through that. Can you talk us through maybe some organisational habits you have or that you share with your clients that can really help if you're feeling in an overwhelmed state?
0: So I think the, the biggest piece of advice that I would have for all small business owners is to not treat your business like it's a small business, but actually treat it like it's a big corporation with different departments. So, you know, in big business, you'd have finance, marketing, customer service, logistics, all of that, you know, and you know there'd be various different departments that would apply to different businesses. And when you're working within your business is to kind of be really focused um, about like, only working in a certain department of your business at a certain time like don't multitask is is you know I guess the simple way of of describing it so you know and and scheduling in time to make sure that all those areas of your business covered off throughout your week so you know it could be Monday morning is finance, Tuesday afternoon is HR, you know Wednesday mornings client service or business development or whatever it is and just kind of making sure that all of those things are covered off uh, throughout the week so yeah it's just scheduling in time to take care of everything and being realistic about your time too i think that's another area where people fall down and get completely overwhelmed is that they either overestimate or underestimate how long things take or how much time they have to do things yeah so and i noticed this like so you know i sat down with a client of mine this week and we went through all these like you know i want to i want to do x number of you know x number of coaching calls i want to do x number of strategy sessions i want to do and i said okay so Let's add up how many hours if you were to be working, doing all of these things that you want to do to get to the number, you know, the sales number that you have in mind. How many hours a week is this just here? And we added it up, and just in that work alone was more hours than she had to work during the week. She said, I only want to work three and a half days and I want to finish at three on such and such. And I said, You physically can unless we clone you which you know we can look at cloning you we can look at finding another you but you know so she just was being completely unrealistic but she didn't think that she she didn't realize that she was it was only when you kind of added it up and then that doesn't include all of the you know the travel in between getting to appointments and the email follow-ups that you do after and just all of that kind of stuff. So I think a real productivity hack for anyone is to be aware of how long things really take and yeah. how long you have in your working day and working week to achieve. Cause that in itself will reduce overwhelm because you're not setting yourself up to fail. Whereas, if you think that you can achieve forty hours a week of work in three and a half days, well, you can't, and 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 you're only going to end up, you know, something's going to get compromised. You're going to be working until one o'clock in the morning once you put the kids to bed or whatever, and you that's when it, the, the wheels fall off, and and people yeah fall in a big heap and. Yeah. decide they don't want to do it anymore (laughs) yeah
1: that is such a good point and it sounds really intuitive like that's something that's quite easy to figure out but I must say that is a something that I've definitely had issues with especially at the start of my business in just Mm. not mapping out time so I think that that is such an important thing to do and there's no wonder we're all feeling overwhelmed when we're trying to do that. And the other thing we all know to be true as business owners is everything takes way longer than you think.
0: It so sure does. Even yep. if
1: you're doing that, you have to obviously mm. factor in that extra time, as you said.
0: Yeah, um, and life happens as well. You know, like you know, even in an ideal world, if if you know your customer journey was exactly as you mapped it out, and you know, and the onboarding process yes. was exactly as you mapped it, out. like we all know that 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 is very idealistic and we would love for that to be that way but if you haven't got any white space in your life for you know for the kids to fall off the monkey bars in the playground and you get the call from from the school saying you need to come and pick them up right now or today you know um, with the rain and and on my way to a a client appointment and I I had to abandon the, the trip because I couldn't travel anywhere like just stuff happens and it's if if we don't have space in our lives to as a contingency, then yeah, it it, it just can't operate that way long term. You end up burnt out.
1: I agree totally. <laughs> so Michelle, when it comes to your business, do you have any productivity hacks that you can share, particularly for listeners if they're trying to get through work in really short bursts of time?
0: So. First, and it comes back to what I was talking about before in terms of being singular-focused. So, you know, it's all, people sort of think, oh, multitasking, that's like, you know, that's great, you know, if you can do multiple things at once. But actually, our brains aren't wired that way and that's when I sort of end up making mistakes and dropping balls and that kind of thing. So I, my sort of mandate is... Wherever I am, I'm all there. So if I'm in one particular client's work, everything relating to everybody else is quiet and it's shut down. Um, and the same goes if I'm, you know, if I'm whether I'm in work mode and then into parenting mode or whatever, I try and and really compartmentalize my life and my working day so that i just am singular focused and that also comes down to another another hack sort of related to that is trying to only touch things once so uh you know whether it's um reading things or, um, you know, emails are, are, a, are a big one. Um, you can, you can spend your life in your, in your inbox. And so I try to be, I try to be controlled by my to-do list, not by my inbox. Mm. So, uh, so I don't even go into emails unless I am ready and prepared to action them because you know if you read something and then you put it aside you you, you know then it takes up space in your brain and then you forget to go back to it or you go back like it just it doesn't work so i try to just be very very compartmentalized and singular focus with my work and that really helps with my productivity i also um make time in my calendar to do like what I call deep work. So that real, that stuff that requires concentration. So it is easy to do, you know, I can check emails in in 15, check and clear emails in 15 minutes, right? That's that I can do on the hop. Like, you know, if I've got time, you know, like at the end of this call, I'll probably have a little bit of time before I have to go and pick Tilly up from school. So I'll go, okay, well, that's a task that I can do in that time. I'm not even going to attempt to do some, you know, major piece of work mm. in that time because I'm just setting myself up for failure. Yes. So, yeah, so they, that would be my, my, my main yeah. hack is singular focus. Love
1: it. Yeah, and I think coming out of the school holidays, we're all feeling that a bit, like that's really uh-huh. great advice because that is what I struggled with a lot in that
0: mm.
1: when you're just trying to do multiple things at once, yes. it's always yeah. very, very hard, particularly yeah. when you're working on, and I guess this is also... You know, it's it's easy to do kind of that reactional work, yep. I find, as mm-hmm. you were saying, in those short bursts, like you could do yep. now between sort of school pickup, et cetera. But I know for me, i been working on a PR online course, and my gosh, like just trying to get in focus in the time that I have has been more challenging than I thought. So I love how you said you put time aside for that deep work. Yes. I'm going to take yep. that on board. And maybe time when you're sort of working at your most productive, too. That's often right yeah i'll yeah. think oh i'll do that at this time because i've got the time to do it but it could be like now friday afternoon after a big week and your brain is just not there it's not ready yeah. for that sort
0: That's of 100 percent. so i actually have you know i know so some people are morning people other people are night owls and i think it's really working with what what Works for you. So for me, that sort of stuff is definitely you know first thing in the morning kind of work. But um, other people come alive at three o'clock in the afternoon. So it just it depends what works for you. But it is it's just you can't if you just keep spending your life in that reactionary mode, then I think the the wheels are just going to keep spinning. You need to have time to do that really intentional deep work to to move you forward with with your goals definitely
1: yeah i agree and just and have that business that you want to have because i think Mm -hmm. that that sort of work enables you to kind of yeah steer it in the direction you want it to go whereas often Mm -hmm. it's kind of that reactional work Mm. means that you get stuck there and yeah so love that advice thank you something Mm. I also wanted to ask you about because I heard you talk about this on another podcast and I loved it and it was your wardrobe Uh. (laughs) (laughs) and I must I keep looking ever since I heard that episode which you did with Lorraine I keep looking at my wardrobe going I've got got to sort it out because it does take me a fair bit of time in the morning just to sort out what I'm going to wear. And so, can you talk through that with us how you sort your wardrobe out? Oh,
0: okay. So, this is something that I did uh, actually when I stopped working you know in permanent employment because um because I wasn't working at all I thought well I can't spend any money so this is probably very timely because I think probably a lot of people are living very frugally this February now that all the Christmas bills have come through so what I thought to myself is like okay if I'm not going to buy any clothes I have to shop my wardrobe so I pulled every single item of clothing that I owned out of the wardrobe and I tried I put everything on and I basically mixed and matched and created entire outfits out of everything that was in my wardrobe now my wardrobe is not extravagant I'm not you know I'm, I'm not a Kardashian I don't have rails and rails of clothes at all but what I got from that when I did that exercise, I think it was something like 160 different outfits with the clothes that I had. So, you know, it was different tops with different pants and, you know, a different jacket will be, you know, and, and so what I did, I wrote every single outfit just down on a piece of paper. And then I had six months worth of outfits to wear. So each day and, and, and uh, just go through each day, put something different on, cross off the list. And I now do that. So that was four years ago. I now do that at the beginning of every season. Um, so summer and winter, same exercise, pull everything out, try stuff on, you know, get rid of. So things that I haven't worn or touched, I get rid of, work out where the gaps are. It's like, well, if I had, you know, a white top that went with those, you know, that outfit, then, uh, you know, that creates another six outfits for me kind of thing so what it means is that I don't buy a lot of a lot of clothes because everything that is in my wardrobe gets worn and then when I do buy stuff it's you know I don't get at home and go oh god I've already got five grey t-shirts I don't need another one so yeah saving money wearing all the clothes that I have and also then you don't you find you, you tend to wear the same things all the time. And then you, you know, you look at photos of yourself and you go, Oh God, I've got that top on again. Or, or, you know, it just, it, I don't know. It's just fun. I just think it was a fun thing yeah. and it's kind of caught on. And yes, a lot of people have asked me about it. So I do, I need to do like I I don't know, an Instagram post on. I think I did, when I did it, maybe going into summer, I think I might've posted an Instagram story on it, but I'll have to do do something else to share it with because it's it's amazing how many outfits we have in yeah. our wardrobe yeah them yeah
1: absolutely when you said and that, and it
0: removes the other thing that it does again and it's a, another productivity efficiency hack is that it's one less decision for me to make in the morning yeah. I open up the cupboard I look at the list and I go okay yep I'm gonna wear that today I don't need to worry about what it looks like or anything like that because I've already tried the whole outfit on I know it looks nice and um yeah I can just kind of get on with my day and it's not another decision it's not like what am I going to wear today kind of thing yeah
1: yeah mm. exactly and that does as I was saying does mm. take up time if you haven't sorted mm. it out um, mm-hmm. especially if you're busy and you've got lots of things going on it's just that's right yeah so think that's brilliant I'm going to get onto it <laughs> <laughs> have to um, and something else Michelle I wanted to ask you was in regards to and this is kind of a, a bit of a I haven't discussed this with a guest before but it's in regards to female friendships so yep. friendships as business owners. So you mm-hmm. work with a lot of women in business and I've got no doubt got lots of friends in business as well. Mm-hmm. But something that I've found is that I, if someone always have valued my friendships and have got a really great group of friends from school that we've always caught up, et cetera. But then since starting the business, I've felt that with so many other things going on, that's probably one thing that I haven't invested much love and time into um, and yeah, I just wanted your thoughts on this and yeah, how you have found with starting your business and that element of it. Yeah. How you keep that up, how you keep friendships up.
0: It's a really great question. And I don't think that we probably talk enough about this. So I, I one of my sort of core values is connection so I'm a I'm a real extrovert I'm energized by being around people and my friendships are like super duper important to me like I will put my friendships over and above so many other things in my life like you know exercise eating healthy all of that kind of thing that that go that can get blown out the window compared to the importance to me of friendship. So I'm lucky, like you, I have some really great girlfriends, like my, they're my closest girlfriends that I've been friends with since I was in primary school. So I've got like 35 year friendships. Yeah. Mm. Which I'm so lucky. And they're, you know, they're almost like, they like my sisters. So the great thing about those really old established friendships is that you know you don't like it's almost like guys, you know guys don't see one another for like six months or three years, and they just pick up where they left off. and I think that's the beauty of having those older friends too is that you can just dip in and and dip out and you know it doesn't matter if you haven't seen one another for a really long time. but then there are other friendships I think that I mean I think for me, it's really important to maintain all of your friendships because and that because they are your support network and, mm. and some people uh, they just need five friends other people need 25 friends I think everyone's very very different but I know for me personally when my when my marriage broke down a few years ago I absolutely could not have gotten through that period in my life without my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Like they were, they, they just, they swooped in, they propped me up. They, you know, they helped with my kids. They fed me, they poured wine with me. They sat and Instagram stalked my ex-husband's new partner with me. Like they did <laughs> all of those. They were, they were so, so important to me during that time. Mm. And um, so yeah i i I do really value and it makes me sad actually when you know you organize a night out and it's been put in the calendar weeks in advance with a group of friends and then you know the night of or the day of you get a message from someone saying oh you know my husband's got to work back late and i can't come and i'm just like bloody hell like you know this this is important for for you and uh, you know i just think that they need to be treated as important as your child's swimming lesson or their soccer practice or, 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 you know, your husband's drinks night out with, you know, with his mates like these. It's really, really important that we nurture our friendships, not because we might need them one day when life goes bad, but it's just, you know, it's it, connection is real life connection there's nothing better i mean i last night for example i i'm part of a book club which is basically just a you know wine and wine drinking and cheese platter eating club but you know we we got together last night and every single one of us in the room had some kind of child meltdown story that they were that they were sharing but it was really funny it was all along the same theme and yeah, you know, we were there for two hours. You know, from start to finish, it was you know Thursday night, and and we all left there feeling better because we had shared these problems that were just going on in our house that we thought were only specific to us. But yeah. then once we all got together and shared those that story, it was like, oh my God! Oh, so it's happening to you. Oh, I'm so glad it's not just me. It's not just my kids. So you you can't put a price on that, and you don't get that from. Facebook or Instagram or anything like that it's the real life stuff that Mm. that really really counts I think
1: Mm. I think so too and I think those connections because you can you know when you're sitting at home and you're sitting on zoom all day or you are on social media chatting to people yeah that you can be deceived into thinking that oh but I've got this connection going but nothing Mm -hmm. does yeah you live up to that real life connection where you can yeah have that chat as you said and it's so true things that's right and we do all... talk about business as well like oh
0: i agree um, and look no, most like i mean i have i've got like biz, what i call like my business besties like people that also run their own businesses and we do talk you know we we sort of share problem you know issues and stuff revolving around our businesses but most of my friends they you know they don't do anything near what, what mm. I do. Some of them don't even really get what I do and, and that's perfectly okay. Um, but I will share a little, another little Michelle hack that I yes. have as round friendships. And I probably, this is kind of airing my dirty laundry here, but in order to ensure that I see and keep in touch with my friends, I have a little note in my phone and it's got the names of all of all of my friends including friends that aren't physically here in sydney and i basically make sure that i see physically see a girlfriend at least once a fortnight mm-hmm. um, and so i go through the list i'm like okay who haven't i seen? and then once <laughs> it sounds awful once i've seen them they move down to the bottom of the list and then the next person pops up the top and and then I reach out to that person and then around and around we go. And what that means is that everyone is covered off. I don't, no one sort of falls through the cracks. So I don't feel like, because what I did, you know, it is easy to default to, the people that are around a lot so you tend to you know it could be the the mums from school that you see in the playground all the time that you have coffee with and you're constantly catching up with them but then like your your best girlfriend who you knew from your old job and your old life she's not you know you haven't seen her for 6 months because you've been you know life has just gotten in the way so yeah. it's just making sure that I see all those people that are really really important to me so there's another little person, but <laughs> my friend, if any of my friends are listening, they're going, Oh my god, where am I on the list? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, hang on a second, I haven't heard
1: from you for a while. <laughs> yeah, I often think that because before I started the business and I had my daughter, it was something that, yeah, I was very good at organizing things and catching up, and yeah, I think that you almost do need to have some sort of a system in place as you yeah, said well, that's what I've had, that had
0: to implement happen. because yeah, yeah I, and, and look it's just another one of those you know getting stuff out of my brain and yeah. and, and into a system so that I don't kind of go oh my god how long's has it been since I've seen so and so and then you know you're going back through the calendar and you're like oh my god I haven't seen her for six months and and the other thing you know social media is brilliant to sort of you know, keep abreast of what people mm. are doing, but oftentimes when you catch up with someone in real life, you go, "Oh wow!" Well, so I saw you were doing da da da, and they're like, "Oh yeah," but in the meantime, you know, yeah. it, and and you don't broadcast the bad news on social media. So you know, I've I've felt terrible when you know you finally get in contact with someone and you find out, you know. A parent's really sick, or or the kids something's not going great with the kids, and, stuff. and then you just kind of go, oh god, I just wish that I had reached yes. out sooner. So yes. yes, don't just believe everything you see yeah, on social with in terms of maintaining friendships because mm. yeah, it's not always true.
1: Definitely. Great. I think I'm going to ask more guests that question too, because I, I think you're right. I, yeah, I think we probably do need to have that discussion more because, it, yeah, we are. It's such an important part of our lives. So, Michelle, can you let us know what is next for you and the business?
0: So, well, I'm really excited for this year. You know, I had a, I had a great year last year. I'm working with some really amazing clients at the moment who are doing some really exciting things. And it's just, so, I mean, I just, yeah, I, I'm so fulfilled by uh, my like my client's success, like that really kind of lights me up. So looking forward to more of that this year, sort of moving probably more out of the kind of doing, like I was doing a lot of the doing when I initially started my business and I'm moving much more into like a strategic kind of advisory role within um, a lot of my clients businesses which is really nice so that obviously frees up my time to work with more people and uh, yeah I just love that variety and uh, yeah I'm doing a little bit more in terms of like I guess... <laughs> boosting my profile and like doing some more speaking and, and workshops and that kind of thing myself too. Great. So yeah, and I'm, I'm enjoying it, which is good. Stepping out of my own comfort zone, which is what I tell my clients.
1: That's right. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. That's fantastic. And where can everyone find you?
0: So my website is michellebroadbent.com.au and I'm on Instagram, nichebroadbent, M-I-C-H-B-R-O-A-D-B-E-N-T. And I'm also on LinkedIn for those people who are on there as well.
1: Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, Katie.
1: Thank you. See ya.
0: Thank you for listening to the Business Between Bells podcast. We need your help to reach more parents doing the juggle. If you have enjoyed this episode, Katie would love it if you could help spread the word by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find out more about Business Between Bells on Instagram and Facebook at Business Between Bells.